I'd like to welcome you out to another edition of the Lodestone Training and Consulting Podcast. I'm Jared Ross. I'm Chris Johnson. And uh, today we're going to be talking about land navigation. Yes, that's a good topic. Uh, before we get into that, let's get into the 30, 60, and 90. So 30 days out, uh, roughly on April 30th and May 1st, we have our wilderness skills class. So this is a two days, one night. You'll come out with us. We'll teach various uh, skills, fun, uh, starting fires, shelter building, traps, uh, some uh, navigation, and all sorts of other stuff. And uh, it's a confidence booster. <laughs> there you go. That, that is the, the idea behind this class is to know that you can. And it's really set up for uh, for anyone and everyone. I, there are some uh, uh, parents who are bringing some of their youth out I, to it. I know there's a, a man that's been talking to me. He's got a 12-year-old boy. They're looking forward to going to it. So, yeah, that, that, sh- that should be a good time. Uh, 60 days out from May 21 to 22, um, we have one day's pistol and one day's rifle, and these are some of our new skills classes. And what this is is it's – only three hours long, very low round count, but we're going to be doing various drills, and depending on the day, either pistol or, or rifle. And this is really designed because of, of, of the times when the ammunition is so hard to get, yet we still want to promote training. And this is actually done in the in the afternoon or, or the evening. I think it starts at 5 each day, 5 to, to roughly uh, 8 o'clock. I like this program because it's, it's set up where we're still training. We're still practicing these skills. Uh, it supplements our dry fire and our, you know, laser or airsoft, whatever. But we're getting actual rounds down range, and we're getting those good drills. And then 90 days out, June 17th through 19th, we have our rifle combat marksmanship series. So it's three days of, of taking your uh, shooting to, to that next level. The first day is our introduction to shooting while moving. The second day is our introduction to using barricades in and around and through them. And then the last day is... Uh, contact shooting and it's uh, you know fighting from the ground and just the, the whole combatives aspect to uh, to using and running that system and then also this month for our book club <laughs> yes it is my turn to pick the book and uh those of you that have come to some of my seminars or shoot any training with me you've probably heard me refer to uh mad mike whore uh colonel whore phenomenal gentleman uh, the gentleman mercenary so i picked one of his books my personal favorite, uh, Congo Mercenary. We struggled to get copies of this book because it is out of print. I apologize, but I think it's worth it. Uh, the availability right now is on Audible. It's about, I believe, $25 or an Audible credit. If you, uh, if you have Audible, it's worth it. Get it. You guys are going to learn a lot from this book, both uh, you know what was going on uh, circa 1960s with the um, Maoist communists, the Chinese-backed communist rebels. In he went up against Che Guevara and beat him. Yes. Yeah. And, and um, the stuff that was going on in Central Africa. But we see the same influences all over the world to include in our homeland here in the U.S. Um, so it, just that, just that piece right there is very viable. But the great thing about this book is he is in, you know, British fashion, he is brutally honest in his ARs. It's a good read of what it is to be a leader in an austere environment. Um, The supply problems, the morale problems, the uh, leadership issue where, hey, you've got to motivate these people to do something that they may not necessarily want to do. 
and to encourage men to overcome their fears and do the job that is necessary. So it's a great book. I get it. That is going to be on the May 2nd. May 2nd, yeah. Is is going to be the uh, book club. We need to fill this one up. You guys are going to love this discussion. Yeah. It'll be on, we'll have it on WebEx and we will put out the link the day prior. So in order to get on that, you need to join our mailing list and uh, for our, our newsletter and then we'll we'll send you that email. All right, so today we're going to be talking about navigation and uh what is navigation? That's moving around, uh, you know, it, with a purpose. So instead of just wandering aimlessly or, or letting the currents take you where something else is guiding you and guiding your path, uh, you have control. Um, navigation is it's personal control and personal responsibility. Uh, we find ourselves in this wonderful modern age with all the conveniences that we have and we are channelized. Uh, I found myself today getting into the car, driving here, and talk about autopilot. I mean, I I drove right to the sheets, got gas. Got, got your monster. Got my monster, got on 81, and before I knew it, you know, I was on 581, heading this direction, and I thought, man, I was my situational awareness was garbage. I was truly on autopilot. Yeah. I was not navigating. I was letting the current take me. Well, do you remember uh, the last time? I think we were going to F three down in uh, Chantilly. Yes, so, yes. Uh, we had, had stopped and uh, got some fuel, and then I drove back on to the main. And by that you mean I got a monster? Yeah, because... of course. <laughs> it was yeah. early. And uh, got back on the road, and again, I wasn't quite thinking. Then all of a sudden, as I'm driving, and I don't drive it that route very often, I'm like, wait a minute, am I going the right direction? Am I going south like I should be, or am I going north? So then what did I do? I quick looked, where's the sun? There's the sun, and the sun comes up in the east. So that means if it's on my left, then I must be going south, so I'm good. And I was able to relax. So just that simple little thing, if, if I didn't know those things, then... Uh, and, and, you know, that's something, when we talk about navigation... Uh, there's a lot that we take for granted uh-huh. just because we do it. Um, I've been doing navigation since I was 13 years old in the Boy Scouts. Uh, the, the concept of using terrain and, and the sun, it's passive to me. Yeah, I was sharing that exact same story with a, a friend. I, I'm not going to say they were uh, in the club. Uh, <laughs> an associate. There, That's the word, an associate. associate. Was that yesterday? No, oh, no. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, and I, I strongly doubt they're listening to this podcast. Okay. Uh, but they should be. Um, so if you are listening to the podcast and you recognize the story, yes, I am making fun of you. Uh, they were so impressed that you could do that, that you could just interpret the shadow and know which direction you were. And I'm sort of like, so is there ever a time that the sun doesn't rise in the east? <laughs> right. Like... I mean, I've been on the planet for 43 years now, and uh, yes, the the sun for those 43 years that I can personally testify to has pretty much always generally come up in an easterly uh, orientation, uh-huh. um, and then moved to the west. Um, I, I know that you know environment does change, but uh, that that's something that has stayed pretty constant. Yeah, you know, it does shift a little with the season, but it's still pretty much always in the east. Uh, so 
that kind of was a wake up to me. And that was one of the ideas that kind of drove this concept of, hey, the next podcast we do, we need to do on navigation. There's a lot of stuff that we take for granted. And you guys out there listening, you probably take for granted, but you have coworkers, you have family members, you have associates that um, don't know these things. And at the end of the day, it could be vital to their survival that they know that stuff. As simple as you knew you were heading south, so you didn't have to panic and you didn't have to hurry and, you know, pull up your phone and turn on a map and and wreck your car. Yeah. I mean, when we talk about survival, it isn't just like, oh, the end of the world has happened. Now we must move out west to, you know, some rally point. Survival is a daily thing, you know, and driving on the, the freeway can be a survival issue. Um, so pass that knowledge on, you know, share, share the things that you learn with people. And that, that's kind of the, the idea behind why we need to do this, this podcast on navigating. You know, I'm trying to think, when did I first learn this stuff? And the knee jerk reaction is all oh, in Boy Scouts. But, you know, I think it was before that. Now that I'm really thinking about it, it was my dad. I must have been like seven or eight years old that I around that time frame. I can recall him uh, teaching me. Um, I was in Casper, Wyoming. That's where I was living at the time. And uh, him taking me out and showing me the stars and making a big point to try to get me to learn which one was the North Star. Mm-hmm. And then reinforcing me why that was important. Because if you know that's North, then what does that mean? You know, that's that, that's South. And just to give me those those four directions. Um, so that was probably the first time where I started learning about uh, getting a sense of, of there are landmarks or there's there's you know things that can help me orient myself. When I was 11, um, my mother remarried and we moved to Cal State, California. Uh-huh. And at that time, our house was the last house before open rolling hills. And it was, you know, that, that beautiful uh, rolling hill desert, you know, golden uh, grass. And yeah, awesome. I would go out in those hills and just get lost. But I knew how to come back because I knew the, I knew the train features and landmarks and things yeah. to look for, you know, which way the riverbed went. I didn't really associate that with cardinal directions. The cardinal directions weren't in. I know that for sure was not introduced to me until I was in the Boy Scouts. Um, and I remember exactly where it was. We went to uh, Cherry Valley, which was on Catalina Island. Um, so not Philmont. Not Philmont. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, you know, <sighs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Take me down a peg. <laughs> I thought last night in the, uh, 72 hour kit, you know, the bug out bag class. That was, I'm so proud of myself <laughs> when you're like, Oh, I, I'm true blue. I got my EIB and that's, and that's, that's awesome. Cause I don't have an EIB. Um, yeah, I've got a CIB, but yeah, I never did earn that EIB. I have a CIB as well. Yeah. And then what was my immediate retort? But you've never been to film. That's on. right. But you've never been to film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Take the wind out of my sails. Okay. Uh-huh. Anyway, so uh, Cherry Valley, yeah. um, which was a scout camp, uh, it was a very organized camp. Uh, you went there, did a bunch of merit badges. And one of the things that we did was land navigation. And one of the scout masters there, I remember saying he was teaching us how to use compass. And at, at the time, you know, I was 13. I was starting to get the concept. And I thought, you know, how cool this was. And it was just your, your like, $12 base uh, uh-huh. scout compass. And, oh, it was so amazing. 
Um, but I remember what I'm saying, this is just a tool and you need to know how to read the land. Yeah. Um, and he's like, if you've got a magnet in your pocket, if you've got too much metal on your body, you're going to throw this thing off and it's not going to work. And I remember he had one of those like horseshoe shaped magnets, you know, the big red ones. And he would sit there and play with the, the compass and show you how, you know, it could be uh, defeated very easily and why you needed to know the train where you were at. And uh, that lesson stuck with me all through my, you know, youth. Um, I, I joined the Army um, EIB, the expert infantry badge you have to do in land nav mm-hmm. uh, lane, day and night. And uh, that was the first time I was exposed to the fact that people didn't understand these things. They gave us a class on how to use a compass. And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess everyone needs a refresher. And then we went out and we did the the lane and I got done. I found all my points and my squad leader comes in and, you know, he's like, did you find anything? You know, why are you back here already? And I was like, I found all my points, Sergeant. I was a young private. Wait, you found all your points? Well, yeah. <laughs> how? Teach us, you know. Really? Yeah. Was that in Area J? That was, yeah, out in Area J. Okay, yeah. 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 You you know the land. Oh, yeah, I do. Um, I got a story for that once we get to the the protractors. Okay, yeah. yeah. So uh, I I was explaining to the guys in my my squad, Terrain Association, and how I, you know, I took a a rough compass heading, but I didn't walk on that azimuth the entire time. I used the terrain. And it just... The looks that they were giving me, like I was trying to explain Sanskrit or something yeah. to them. Um, and I didn't realize that people didn't know what train association was. Yeah. And I, I love when people tell me, oh, you can't train associate. You you can do that out west because, you know, there's not the vegetation. And I'm like, bro, you can train associate in North Carolina. All right. Those draws are wonderful backstops. Uh-huh. You you can't tell me you missed that draw. <laughs> You know when you hit one of those draws. Um, yeah, so being able to navigate gives you great confidence. And that's why I like the term land navigation over orienteering. It, yes. Orienteering is, you know, there's a sport to it. It's like, yeah. it's like golf. You know, can I walk in a straight line for a certain distance without deviating? Well, I'll tell you, I can't. <laughs> I cannot walk in a straight line for for 10 kilometers. I, Knowing how to do that intellectually and then all these other tools, tools. That, that helps you to, oh, yeah. to navigate that land. Yeah. Um, so yesterday I was out at King's Gap and I took my dog with me. Now I always, and I know that I always drift to the left. Uh-huh. Um, I've drifted to the left, shoot, probably since I was 13 years old and really started paying attention to these things. And it's been, it's been nice because when I hit the end of my pace count, when I'm trying to do those fine walk-ins, uh, um, I know that my target's going to be to my right. <laughs> well, convenient. Yeah, I'm walking with the dog, and uh, he's on a lead, and I have him in my right hand. Well, now I start <laughs> leaning to the right. So eventually, Caesar and I are going to balance each other out, and we're <laughs> gonna be, we'll be able to walk 10, 10 kilometers on that straight line. Cool. Yeah. So what are some of the tools uh, of land navigation? Okay, so um, probably the one that everyone is most common with when we when we start to talk about land navigation, you're going to think about the compass. Okay. Uh, it's deceptive. There, there are a lot of compasses out there. Um, you and I both have our opinion, and it's the same. 
because it's the right answer. Uh, <laughs> I, the military compass, the lensetic compass, yeah. there's a reason why that's the standard. There's a lot of other things that you can do with it. Do you have to have that compass? No. You, you can use your $12 base flat compass that, that you get at REI or at Bass Pro or wherever. Um, you can navigate with that. Could you do it as effectively as with the Lenzetic? Can you do all the other things that the Lenzetic offers? No, probably not. Um, you're just, you know, in, increasing your your capabilities. But if you're looking at, hey, I'm gonna do, I've got, I've got four daughters. Um, I'm gonna go do land nav with my kids. I'm not outfitting my girls for their first experience with a Lenzetta compass. I'm gonna jump on, you know, REI or Bass Pro or one of these other websites. And I'm going to grab one of those little, you know, $12 compasses for each one of them and get them out there and get familiar with it. Mm -hmm. uh, get get the idea of what an azimuth is and how the compass works. And then you, it's just like anything. You, rifles, you know, you start them off with a 22. Start them off with a pellet gun. Those of you who don't know what I'm talking about when I say a base compass, it is generally some sort of clear plastic. It, it's flat. In nature, it has the compass ring where it has a bezel that you can rotate, just like a watch. Um, but then it has a piece that protrudes off the front, which has some uh, indicator lines and things like that. Some will have a magnifying glass. Yeah, see, uh, the yeah. one I had with Boy Scouts first, had, just has, like had, yep, the, had magnifying the magnifying glass, glass yeah. because you know it's good to start fires. It, <laughs> there, you know, there there are some survival tools with it. You can shoot an azimuth with this. You can adjust it so that it, it acts as um, a good navigating device. Again, it's a, a very basic thing. It's like starting off with the 22. You know, you, you're able to do almost everything with it, just not as well or I don't want to say accurately because you can use it very accurately. Um, there are just limitations to it. Where with the Lenzetic Compass, you have a a metal case, which, you know, obviously it's, it's more durable. You've got tritium instead of, uh, a phosphor that you've got to charge up, um, which for night navigation is great for also signaling is really yeah. awesome. Those of you that are coming to the SUT classes, you're going to see how we use this as a signaling device. Yep. Um, that is, that is huge. You also have a magnifying glass for starting fires with this one. Because I, I did have someone say, Oh, I got a magnifying glass with this. I'm like, and I have one right here. Yeah. Um, it's also, I don't want to say, it, it is more rugged, um, but it is designed to take a, a beating. It is designed to walk in the open. Uh, you don't have to baby it as much. Um, and because of the nature of it, you can be more accurate in shooting your asthmus easier because you do have a, a true rear sight and a true front sight, just like a pistol, just like open sights on a rifle. Um, and you're familiar with that. You, the concept's very easy with this. So when I'm trying to teach someone how to recover like a cache or something, um, and we're going into those fine movements where we've, we've talked you into the field and the, the, the corner of the field. And, and now you're making those that on that heading for that, you know, less than 50 to 25 meter movement, um, this is going to really increase your accuracy. 
you got to remember that if you're off by a degree, you know, that you're going to be further away from your target every step you take. Yeah. So accuracy does matter, especially when you're trying to get in on a small package. You're trying to recover a shoebox, you want a lens at a compass, yeah, uh, uh, 100%. Um, and, you know, honestly, they used to be like $300. They're like 80 bucks now. Yeah. Uh, and I, I said earlier, hey, I'm taking my girls out to do uh, navigation. Yeah, I'm going to start them because, well, are they even going to like it? Are they even going to enjoy this this hobby that I have? Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to spend the 12 bucks on them. The next time I take them out, I'm probably buying the lens at a compass. I know your kids have lens at compasses. Yes. That's, Jared loves his children more than I do. And since Gwen is the only child that I have that listens to this podcast, she knows that Jared loves his kids better than, than well, I love my kids. Well, what you should do is, since she's listening. I you, should give her a lens you, at a you compass. You get her one and just let the other ones just, you know. Well, so I like to say, and this is for everyone, uh, Land navigation is the gateway to outdoor, um, the outdoor lifestyle. Um, this is one of the, the areas that you can take people out and they start to see what it's like to be in nature. And they, they use a little bit of technical skill and they start to enjoy it. Um, my 14-year-old daughter, she just did a, a geocaching uh, thing with some of her friends and she was upset because they just had an app on their phone. Oh, yeah. A- A- Anna, she, she went along with that, too. She was very disappointed. Yeah. So I had, I had you know, okay, you're going to go out. You're going to do geocaching. I had given her a little class. I, I gave her a GPS. I gave her a compass. And we went through some things. And then they just followed around an app. And so since then, she has been like, Dad, we need to go geocaching. <laughs> cool. So that, that's kind of cool. It is, it is a gateway. Yes. Uh, that's just just thinking that how how funny that is because yeah yeah Anna was so disappointed <laughs> thinking of my boys like they go to, to the church youth group thing and uh, what did you guys do tonight oh uh, we had Nerf wars I'm like <laughs> oh well that sounds like fun and they look at me and I know they're thinking Dad we've gone head to head with SWAT teams and with some federal <laughs> warrant teams and Nerf guns against a 13 year old just just it just doesn't cut it or like the other kids like this is great this is so crazy yeah, Ooh. yeah. yeah. I need UTMs or nothing. That's right. Yeah. yeah. My boys have no idea how spoiled they are. <laughs> they really don't. They have no yeah. clue, no yeah. comprehension. I when your when your son shows up uh, in a, a pair of what four hundred dollar pants to arrange like, oh what well, I just you know, put these on. You know. I, <laughs> no big deal, right? You got all that guy's stare and he has just, no, yeah, no clue. No, no clue. But these are just like old ones that my dad doesn't wear anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what so <laughs> oh, we need to get on with yeah, this podcast. Yeah. I just, but it's it's hilarious how the no comprehension. Well, you know, last night in the the seventy two hour uh, bag and and yeah. kit and stuff. You know, I made the comment that I I stuck around. Uh-huh. We were just going to drop Gwen off and go. Yeah, uh, because I'm looking over and my wife's taking notes, and it's like. These are things that I say all the time. And, and afterwards, she's like, oh, I do remember you talking about that, you know? <laughs> but, yeah, but somebody, but exactly. someone else talking uh-huh. about it, you know, it's when dad's saying it or when the husband's saying it, oh, it's, it's yeah, whatever. You know, whatever, you know? Uh-huh. Uh, but when you have that outside, oh, that is, oh, yeah, that is important, you know? Um, back to tools of navigation. <laughs> uh, next thing, after we have the compass and... Uh, 
is a map. And those of us that either we have a military background now, or... Why did you go with compass first before map? It, because people associate it more with navigation, finding direction, and they don't understand that these things go hand in hand. Yep, yep. Okay. Um, and it, all these all these tools support each other. Uh, if I just have a compass, yes, I can I can work. If I just have a map, yes, I can work because I can look around, I, I, I can interpret the train and the sun and things like that and understand what the directions are. But I'm more accurate if I have both. Yeah. Um, with a, a compass, I can draw my own map. I've gone to courses where they make you draw your own map. It's really awesome. I I learned a lot in, in that, and it's very uh, humbling. I want to say hum- humiliating, but it's humbling when uh, you think you've done a good job, and then you, like, show yours, and then they show you what an actual map is, and you're like, yeah. of that area, you're like, oh, man. It reminds me, uh, the only cool class that I took when I was in high school was a class they held it every other year as an elective, and it was uh, – strategic geography and i purely uh signed up for that class because the guys who took it you know before were saying yeah we got to play risk i'm like oh playing risk in high school that, that that's great sounds a good time we showed up the very first day and uh like at the blackboard and, and all the you know i'm an old man too so this yeah is i was gonna say what is a blackboard? yeah but back back in the day you know uh like little house on the prairie but um every <laughs> all the maps and everything were covered up and on on each uh desk was a big you know white piece of uh of poster board with some pencils and stuff so we walk in there and the teacher said okay uh welcome to the class draw from memory the entire world label every body of water in every country and cities that you can go (laughs) those are some pretty rough maps and then halfway through the class right before we took the christmas break we did it again and then at the very end of the class we we had that assignment again and Man, that was the map at the end of the class when I'm actually drawing the world and and countries weren't just like little squares with some, you know, <laughs> names. Uh, that was impressive. That was probably, the, that was not probably, that was the greatest class that I took in high school. Learned a lot from that. And just that exercise of of drawing that map, that's good that, in so many ways. Having that spatial awareness. I, yeah. I know on the team when I when I finally became a, a senior guy and like I had some input on how we we. Uh, trained yeah. the new guys. Um, that was one of the things that I did as the 18 Fox, the Intel Sergeant. I had a printed copy of the CENTCOM AOR, the Middle East, basically, um, with all the country, all the borders, but without names. And new guy shows up. <laughs> nice. Fill in the countries, fill in the capitals. And then if they could do that, okay. Friend, foe, where are we at? You know, and just. Yeah, grill yeah. them and, and push the details, um, because that was important that we knew that stuff. I know up here, uh, I'm doing the exact same thing, trying to learn the counties, yeah, trying to learn the cities. I'm new to this area. I'm trying to learn this stuff. I want to be able to do this without, you know, Google. But so, maps, maps, maps are important. Uh, they go hand in hand with the compass. You can navigate with just a map. You can navigate with just a compass, but they are going to make you better together. In your car right now, think about it. If you're driving right now, do you have an atlas? Do you have a road atlas in your car? 
those of us that are, you know, above the age of, what you say, probably 30, we remember, um, shoot, maybe it's 35 now, yeah. uh, having an atlas. I remember driving to California and looking at the atlas, the Rand McNally, and finding the roads that I was going to take uh, from Utah to California. Um, we still need to be able to have that, that ability. Uh, when you go to a new area, you got to look at the map. You got to know what the roads are. So when you see that traffic's backing up, do you have an alternate route? Uh, you talked about last night in the 72 hour class. Do you have that rule of three for your routes? Do you know where another bridge is in case there's a, an accident on that one? Uh, coming in here this morning, um, right before the Susquehanna, um, there was a truck had lost a bunch of wood and there's all this garbage and there's high, highway patrolmen shutting down a lane. And I immediately had the thought of, oh, okay, if I have to get off right now, I know another bridge that I can get across and yeah. I can get back on the road. If, if they shut the road down completely, because I couldn't tell yet. Um, and it was passive. My mind, because I had already looked at the map and done the map reconnaissance, I knew which way I was going to go. Um, so I was prepared for that situation. I was able to just react as necessary uh, instead of that panic of, oh, I'm going to be late. And, and what do I need to do? And, oh, I got to jump on the phone yep. and, and, you know, have that try and direct me and then lose situational awareness. You know, especially then in a um, emergency or high stress or, uh, you know, s- something going on where if you've got a million people who are all clamoring to get to that, that cell phone, mm-hmm. you might have some, you know, some problems with that. And we have seen that time and time again in this country when there has been a natural disaster or there has been uh, a criminal incident or civil unrest or any of those things where the technology that we're relying on in our smartphones has not been there yeah. when we need it most. So prepare now. So let, let's get back to, to maps. Okay. So, so with the maps, what are some good maps and what are some places that people can get? Because that's something that I, I know people listen to us. They want maps. We, we get it all the time. We get that yeah. question all the time. Um, we actually had this conversation with Jimmy down at F3, how the USGS down there in Virginia used to be able to walk in and they'd have these catalogs of them. Well, you can't do that anymore, but you can do that online. USGS does have maps online that you can go and you can look for topo maps in your area. I recommend getting as many different sizes. So one over 50,000, that's the scale. One over 24,000, one over 25,000. Um, find those maps. Get a printed copy of them. You can order them from them. Uh, My Topo is also a great great location uh, to get maps. Um, Open Street Map is another uh, website that you can go to. It is a street map, that, and it's... It's like the Wikipedia of maps. So, you know, Jared and I, we drop our own map of um, Elizabethtown. We could put it on there. Um, so you got to understand that and know that there's there's some good stuff, there's some bad stuff. Uh, but there are trail maps that you'll find on there, especially in this area where we've got the, the AT going through mm-hmm. here. Um, there's a lot of trail maps that are, that are available. Uh, REI, uh, any of these outdoor places, uh, any area that... Um, sells anything for hunting or anything like that. There are hunting specific maps. There are programs that you can get that show you different um, zoning boundaries and things like that on a topo map for hunting, hunting specific. Uh, 
lots of resources out there. My recommendation is don't just have them digitally. If you find something that you like, get it printed. You can either order it from the website. You can go ahead and pull it into a program like Photoshop. If you don't have Photoshop, you can use GIMP, which is the freeware version of of Photoshop. It is a little uh, clunky and you may need to watch some videos on how to do it. Uh, And then just have it printed off at Staples. Um, Have those maps available. Keep them with you, especially areas that you're going to go. Yeah. And I would suggest, yeah, obviously start there. Areas you're going to go, um, where your home is. Then after you have all that, then it's not a bad idea to start getting maps of, of the surrounding Around area. It, yes. Um, it, it surprises me coming from the south down in, in the, you know, uh, Tennessee, Kentucky area. We had a lot of rural area around us. And uh, I had a friend who was a Kentucky state trooper. And they, as similar to the Pennsylvania state troopers, they are state law enforcement. They're not just highway patrol. They they do go out and investigate crime and, yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, they had to have rural training and they had to have maps in their vehicles because they could be called into, whether it's search and rescue, a, a fleeing suspect. It kind of surprised me. I guess I just, again, I, I expected this to be a common to all when I started talking to other law enforcement and they're like, oh, no, I, I don't even have an atlas. You know, and that's something that, again, surprised me as well. And, and some of uh, the training that we've done with law enforcement is specifically with some of these um, departments that are in a built up area. And then now they've they've had to operate in uh, in, in the woods. Yes. And like, oh, we don't know how to do that. So, you know, we've that's been one of the things we've been able to do is is take them in the woods and give them some some pointers and give them some little bit of training to get them out of that you know their their familiar environment get them into that unknown because i we have seen case after case after case in the last few years where suspects have fled into the woods yeah where someone is using those things yeah know, you, as, as protection you, 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 yeah they go in there and and then Taking a shield <laughs> and walking a shield down into the woods. That's, yeah, that's not the best thing. Anyways, yeah. so let's, yeah, keep yeah. going. Maps, a good map that you understand, whether it's um, a hand-drawn map, which definitely, that's a good exercise. We both talked about that. Uh, or, you know, if you pull something USGS, uh, MyTopo, uh, there are other programs if you want to spend money um, to get maps. Contact your um, your local county. They may have some of these programs like ArcGIS. ArcGIS is, is a great mapping program if you know how to use it. Understand that there is an actual college degree uh, for ArcGIS because that's how powerful the program is. There's a lot of stuff you can do with it. Um, find out with your local uh county or, or city officials, if they have maps of the area in ArcGIS, you know, people are interested in this stuff, get a hold of it. You know, uh, it's kind of how we operate and how we're growing our business, you know, adding new classes and stuff. We've got to do, uh, we get, need to incorporate drawing a map, you know, and not, not just like a little sketch, but, but put some time into it in, uh, in whether a workshop or, or something. Anyways, that's something for us to file away to. No, I, I one of one of the joys that I have is you give me a lot of free reign. Uh-huh. Hey, I have this idea. I want to do this. Uh, 
what would be a level two land nav class. Yes. Yeah. yeah that, that's what I, I think exactly that what is definitely in, in that where people have a good understanding of what things are and then take them into the woods, walk them on a trail and be like, all right, now draw yeah. it. Protractors. Protractor. Okay. So, um, you and I both will agree that there is only one protractor. I, I, I can't, I can't say that. I, I like, and I use, uh, yeah, the one protractor, the one I was issued, but I've seen some others that, that are, are fairly good too. I'm not using them, but uh, but they're okay. See, you know, and I was just about to say, but on that, I have personally just uh, purchased a couple different <laughs> uh, protractors because. So, so I, you I, can teach an old dog new tricks. I don't want to be a dinosaur. <laughs> I don't want to be a dinosaur. I remember, you know, when we were getting. Uh, getting ready to go to Iraq and we're putting body armor on. Yeah. Where, you know, we had some of the old guys are like, nah, I'm going to wear my LCE over this because I'm not putting pouches on. And yeah, that, that yeah. doesn't really work. You have to be able to evolve. And there are, there are good tools out there. Um, so when it comes to a protractor, I say you have to be very picky. That's one of the reasons I hate buying things offline like a protractor, a protractor. I think that's one of those items that I have to go to REI or I have to go to Ranger Joe's or U.S. Cav. Those are places that if you're out by a military installation, you, you have the luxury of doing that. Well, I remember going to uh, one of those places, Ranger Joe's, and I was picky. You oh, know, yeah. I, you're going I, through. I had a stack of like mm-hmm. yeah, 30 of them yeah. to, to find the one that was cut the right the way. The right way. Yeah. And so a protractor is going to have cuts on it that you're going to be able to use to line up on the map. And this is how you're going to find that grid. If it's not cut or printed correctly, it's going to make you inaccurate. Why are you going to induce inaccuracies that are going to make your life difficult? So be picky about it. If you're ordering offline and you get something that isn't, you might need to polish it down or use a razor blade. I, I've done that in the mm-hmm. past. You know, I've trimmed and, and polished uh, protractors. Um, understand that a protractor is a sensitive temporary item. Uh, that it's a hybrid where like you want to protect this thing, but the moment that it's worn out, you got to get rid of it. Uh, it, it kind of like a magazine, all right? A magazine, yeah, you want to protect it, but it's disposable. Yeah, well, um, they're disposable now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just talking now in theory. You yeah. Know, if you're listening to this a year from now. Uh, you, you may yeah. have a different opinion on yeah. it. Yeah. But anyways, so with, with your protractor, one is none, two is one. It's definitely something that you want to have a second of. And it's a, a $10 item. So what is a protractor? Describe one uh, briefly for people who don't have a clue what yeah, they're talking everyone's, about. Everyone's thinking of that little half circle thing that they had in, in yeah. uh, elementary school. Uh, what we're talking about is a generally a square or a circle piece of clear plastic clear plastic yeah that has writing on it if you cannot read the writing it's upside down flip it around you'll be able to get okay, that's important you know who you are if you're listening to this that you did it backwards and you ended up talking to some ladies when you should have been finding your point <laughs> calling you out buddy all right anyways um it's going to have some scales on it <laughs> he couldn't tell the difference. It's flipped over backwards. It looks like Greek, you know? So it, it made perfect sense in his mind. Sorry. It's Sorry. all Greek to me. <laughs> <sighs> okay. 
Um, so it's going to have some cuts on it, and those cuts are going to be to a scale. Uh, the military protractor is um, one over one hundred thousand, and one over fifty thousand, and then one over uh, twenty-five thousand slash one over two hundred fifty thousand. And then you have a scale around the outside rim of the square or circle that is going to be your degrees. And that is how you're finding your azimuth. You're going to put the crosshairs of the center of the circle or the square on one point, and you're going to use a piece of 550 gut, uh, an index card, a pine needle, something, a ruler. Some kind of movable straight edge. Yeah, movable straight edge. I like that. Um, and bisect the point you're trying to go to. It comes out to the edge of the protractor, and you're going to read that azimuth off of it. So you're going to get what you're heading. You know, hey, it's 315 degrees. Military protractor, you also have mills. Mills is a finer uh, breakdown of that circle. We're not firing mortars. We're not doing uh, call for fire. Just just stick with the degrees. Uh, yes, it is more accurate, but you're not that accurate. So yeah. uh, stick with the degrees. Um Useful tools. One of the things, and one of the reasons why I, I just, I don't know, I bought four or five of them mm-hmm. offline, uh, couldn't sleep one night and was going crazy on the DuckDuckGo. Uh, you get them, you use them. And if you find something that really works for you, it's like a good pair of shoes, buy a second. Um, because one of the great things and why I like the Military Protractor of the time, I'm going to get that exact same one. I might have to clean it a little. I might have to use a razor blade to, you know, uh, trim, uh, trim it down a little bit, but I know exactly what I'm getting where some of these others, it may or may not be as consistent. So get it, practice, practice with it. It's just, again, it's going to add to your whole navigation kit. It's going to refine and give you uh, more ability. And, and with that, that tool, that's you're, you're plotting the, the points and locations that you need to go to. So, uh, there I was, uh, knee deep in hand grenade. Pits. Yeah. Um, I don't, I can't recall if I, I must've been just a specialist, but, uh, they were getting ready to send me to, uh, PLDC and, uh, which is the lowest like NCO school, the leadership school for, you know, to help you to, to, to be a sergeant. Um, and there, someone was running uh, some, like, training beforehand out in Area J. So all of a sudden, one day, I'm like, hey, Ross, get out there. You're going to go do this LANAV course to, to help you get ready. So I begrudgingly, like, okay, whatever, and didn't really want to do it. And uh, went out over to Area J, linked up with uh, the NCO who was running it, and there's probably like 10 or 12 of us out there to, to go through this course. They passed out the, the – um, the maps, I had my protractor with me, and then they gave us each the you know, separate cards of, of, you know, different points and everything with the um, the grids. And then, uh, hey, you got this time standard, you know, this time hack, go. So whatever. Then I sat down, and then that's when I realized, crap, I didn't bring a compass. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't, like, run back to, you know, to the place and get one, so I'm out here in the woods. So, um, man, I took that map. I had the card with all the points. I used that protractor and plotted them all. And then uh, just with that protractor and that map, 
and then terrain association, I hit all those points. I didn't need a compass. Um, and so me using that protractor and w with that map and then just using my head, okay, here's that draw, here's that trail. Uh, I was able to, to get everything that I, that I needed to. Would have been a lot easier if I could have used the compass to, okay, that this is the direction I need to go. But uh, man, with, with those tools and then using your head, you, you can do all that stuff. And be able to read the map and understand what the, the topography that you're seeing, yeah. what those train features are. Yes. You've got it. Yeah. And it, one of the things that I talk about in the different land nav courses that we have, when you're being tactical, and it, tactical changes, you know, just being situationally aware, you could be a search and rescue team looking for someone. Uh -huh. If your eyes are locked on that compass trying to orient or orienteer and walk yeah. in that straight line, you're missing so much. Yeah. So by train association where, hey, I'm just moving this general direction until I see this thing, and then I'm going to do something from there, I'm able to look around. Yeah. You know, and I know that I'm going to hit that. You and I both, are, our pace count's pretty much broken into us by now. But if, if you're just starting and you're, you're doing a pace count, you may struggle to, you know, walk and shoot bubblegum at the same time. Uh, but if you're just heading to that train feature, man, you can... You knock that out really easily. That, that's how I did a lot of the star course. Was mm -hmm. you know? Oh, you you have the the people that tried and stayed on compass heading. Oh, I only found two points. Well, that's why. Let's uh, let's talk about a couple other tools. Um, let's hit pace speeds. Yeah, we're just talking about pace counts. Yeah. So, you, when you're using a pace count, you know, for mine, uh, rough terrain, I'm 64, right? Um, so every time my left foot hits the ground, I count. I get to that 64th uh, step, I've gone 100 meters. I do everything in meters when it comes to, to land nav. Uh, it's just, that's the way maps are set up. It's a little bit simpler. Um, your pace speeds, that's how you're going to count. I'm really good at counting to 64. Don't ask me to count <laughs> to, to 65. Well, no, I, I'm going to say, don't, don't ask me to count to 128. Uh -huh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. So gotcha. Don't oh, ask, okay, don't saying, ask yeah. me to count to 512. Uh -huh. Okay. What the pace count, what your pace beads are going to do for you is you only have to count to 64 and then you throw a bead up and you know, the way your, your pace beads are set up, you have your hundreds column and then you have your thousands columns. So, you know, you, you count your kilometers on the top and you count your, your hundreds of meters on the bottom. And by the time you're listening to this, if you happen to go to the LTAC website, you might uh, be able to purchase some handmade by the LTAC family and, and, and staff uh, some pay speeds. So. Yeah, and I, I will tell you that uh, one is none. <laughs> two is one <laughs> uh good good things to have they, they really are yeah um the other thing that you can use pace speeds and this has been throughout uh modern conflict they've been used as a form of communication the concept of you know the the tens and the the hundreds column or the the hundreds and the thousands column uh as as a an alternate means of communication so pretty cool that way all right, so here we go. All right, so we cannot talk about navigation. All these tools that we have without... Sexton. The Sexton. Yep. Okay. Bringing up star navigation. 
you talked about it. Your dad's showing you the North Star. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, this is our caveman ancestors, whatever, you know. This is how man first started to truly move about and control his movements. Yeah. Um, beyond just, well, I know that there's the next glen and the next forest. This is, I'm moving from country to country. This yeah. Is, I'm moving across a large body of water. And they used stars. And they had, you know, guys that would just sit there and stare at the, the sky. And, <laughs> Seemingly, and, right? And draw maps. Yeah. You know, I mean, man, it must have been really boring before the internet, right? Yeah, really. Um, Pre-Xbox, right? So with, with your sexton, it's a, a tool to use your, your star maps. And you're able to get your position based off of where those stars are. Stars and, and the sun. And the sun, yeah. yes. So... I know those of you that are listening are like, yeah, no, man. I'm- so to, to, to give it some, uh, you know, some, context, some, some, yeah, some context, uh, before I left active duty, uh, my, my ODA, we went, we, we trained with some, some guys, uh, you know, from a different country and we were in hide sight and we were practicing call for fire. So we were getting points, plotting points, and then calling, you know, indirect or, or simulating a close air support, you know, fire on, on these targets. And we were using a sextant. We were getting our position in relation to the sun at the time and then the location, and we were getting very accurate. Uh, we were doing very accurately, and it blew us away. We were so pampered with, like, here's my here's my laser range finder, and, and here's my, my plugger, or here's my, uh, my GPS, that it was super cool to, to go old school. And, and to to learn these skills and actually put it into a very effective uh, practice, and and we asked after we did that for a while, well, why the heck are you doing this? Haven't you heard of? And then their legit answer was, well, we're afraid that you know we're we're not a super mighty large country like you with all the monies. Um, we're afraid that if and when we need to put this into practice for real, GPS might be switched off. We can't rely on that new technology so we're ensuring we know how to do it old school and old old tech that way uh, we'll we will be able to protect ourselves and defend ourselves it's very true i mean we we have to be able to do things by hand yeah you know we cannot we can always depend on outside infrastructure things happen um talking about the sexton and the, the whole concept of finding our position off of the stars. Any of us that are using GPS, we're doing the exact same thing. That it is taking the same concept of identical principles. Principles never change, right? Principles never change. Never, yep, technology exactly. techniques See, might change. Yeah, yep. but so we have a a satellite which is a artificial star yep. in this purpose that is in a known location. Okay, it's it's rotating around with the Earth in a fixed uh, orbit. And it's in a constant, just like that star, oh, it's, you know, uh, Saturday, we know exactly where that star is going to be. Yep, there it is. Um, and then our sextant is the GPS receiver. So where they're taking relation from the device to the artificial stars, getting a reference from where they're at, then it, it narrows it down and identifies where we are. A GPS is a tool, just like a compass is a tool, just like a protractor is a tool, just like a map is a tool. I'm not saying don't use. 
I have multiple GPSs. Yeah. Shoot, my watch is a GPS. Uh, and I, that's I, how the man's tracking. I, that's how the man tracks me. Yep. I mean, <laughs> hey, they need to know where I'm at. Yeah, I know I'm sensitive personnel. Uh, use that technology. Absolutely. Don't depend on anything. Yeah. Cause technology can fail, but what technology can also do is, you know, somebody, uh, put a one instead of zero and then now everything's off. So if I was following a GPS, Right, and if I was following, and, and something was was wrong, stuff happens, and we were going to F three, the GPS could be telling me, "Yeah, you're going the right way," but I look, wait a minute, the 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 sun is on the other side, so the sun is telling me I'm going north when I need to be going south. So you know, things like that, that common sense, you know, knowing how to navigate that that can pay off dividends. Yeah, understanding understanding all the principles behind it. Yeah, uh, there are tons of. Open source. You can get on the internets, and you can find cases where uh, maritime vessels have been their GPSs have been spoofed. So, there's a bunch of examples maritime where the you know container ship or naval vessel whatever has had its uh, GPS spoofed, and you know, you're talking about a degree, but you're moving across the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> you're missing, yeah. you know, your location. I uh, Look some of those up. Read some of them. They're, they're very fascinating. When this whole thing in the Suez just happened, uh, my first impulse was, hmm, I wonder, because, you know, all these ships, they're all GPS guided, you know, if that ship's captain is just, you know, kicking back in his lawn chair. Oh, easy day. Uh, I don't know anything about, about that. I thought hey, that could be a case of where they had him drift slightly out of the lane. Well, there has been uh, open source and, and now known, and then some others that, that haven't been I, so quite so open source I, of state players who have I, hacked into. There, there's. I have personal accounts that I'm uh, not going to talk about because they're personal accounts from a, a place. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of open stuff that you can read about this. Yeah. Uh, and GPS, the Global Positioning System, that's the American satellites. We have GLONARS, GLONARS, the the Russian satellites that are out there. India has a set of satellites now. Um, there are multiple different platforms that are out there. Again, it is a tool. It is viable. Use it. Uh, understand it. You got to train with it. You got to know what your settings are and what you're asking the device to do. Um, it's only as smart as the user. So if you don't know the information you're putting into it, you could be working off a different datum than the map sheet that you're working off. And you're like, why can't I find anything? Well, we had that that private class, and they, they had that that situation. They, they, they couldn't. Yep. Yeah, they couldn't find the point because they had so old, yeah, old, they, old data. They had a, a old datum from some uh, mining map from the 20s or something like that. Um, that they had previously been using with their GPS. They didn't change it over to the modern current standard, uh, which then caused them to be off by like 300 meters. Yeah. You know, and when you're trying to find a small package, 300 meters, it's going to make it darn near, near impossible. Um, you can only search so much. So GPS, absolutely. Um, just you got to be careful on depending on it. I, I, I'm going to tell a personal experience here where, uh, man, I was, 
I had succumbed to laziness. And like I say all the time, it's going to be carved on my tombstone. Here lies Chris Johnson. He died because he was lazy. <laughs> um, we lived in, in Tennessee for like 14 years. And the Nashville Zoo is a great zoo. I got kids. We would go there constantly. Uh, we've been members. The entire time we were down there, we were members of the Nashville Zoo. And I realized one day, I have no idea how to get to the zoo. I have no idea where I'm at because we would get in the car in Clarksville and I would hit the go to zoo and I would just follow this GPS. Had no idea where I was at. And I'm sitting there and I realized that when I'm in Baghdad or in Muqtadiya or in Afghanistan, I know all the roads. I know all the routes. I know all these places because, you know, my life depends on that. Here I am at in my own car with my family and I'm not treating it the same. And there's nothing more important than your family. Then, yeah. I'm not, I'm not, it was so like, you know, straight kick to the nuts of a failure that I was so dependent on that system that that was a major change in my life. I started to, okay, no, we're turning the GPS off. We're going to get lost. We're going to drive around until I recognize a road. Okay, I recognize that road. Okay, now I know where I'm at. And I started to learn Nashville. I started to learn all the different ways to get to the zoo. Because I wanted to have that. I didn't want to be just... It was so embarrassing to realize that I was so dependent on that that GPS. And I, kind of like this morning, you know, I autopilot, you know, I just got in the car. What is your situational awareness when you're just following something? Uh-huh. Uh, I say it a lot in classes. Are you a leader or are you a follower? If you're depending on the GPS, I'll tell you the answer because I was. You're a follower. You're not leading anything. You're just letting someone else control your life. And they may be doing a great job and get you to the zoo every time. But what else are you missing along the way? What if something happens? What are you prepared for? And I'm sorry, I'm a father. I'm a husband. I have responsibilities in that car. And that was a major wake up to me. Cool. So we've talked about a lot of these different tools. And and one thing that I know we've hinted around and we've we've mentioned, but I want to get very pointed about is when it comes to these tools, one, you need to have them. Two, then you need to know how to use them. And then three, you need to put it into practice. You need to test your tools, make sure that you have the right data or to make sure that your, your compass is, is accurate. I went on a, with a small group of, of friends. We wanted to do some, some training you know, on our own. It wasn't like a, um, a sanctioned thing by the military, but a bunch of us got together and we we're just some free time. We wanted to put in some night land nav. And we had a lensetic compass, um, nice lensetic compass. And we knew here's our start point. We're going to go to this point and that point, And we're going to finish up this fourth, fourth point, And we're going to work together to do this. And uh, so we left the first point and uh, it was pretty dark and a lot of woods. So at the time, um, pretty hard to train associate. And uh, we had our pace count and we couldn't find that first point. And uh, we were wandering around trying to find, and then we eventually uh, made our way back. We found the first point again. We started again. Okay, we must have made a mistake. Got our azimuth, got our bearing, went, and uh, we couldn't find that first point. 
And then we thought we knew where we were, which continued, you know, uh, for us looking and searching. And uh, after a couple of hours, we were lost uh, in the woods, and it was we had no idea where we were. And this was on uh, this was on uh, public land. It wasn't on a military reservation, like oh, we're going to come across a fence or something. So we tried had to had to find our way, and we spent about four hours before we finally found a ridge that we found ourselves on. And below us, we saw a, a um, a, uh, a road and then with that road we were finally able to figure out where we were on the map and we were way off <laughs> um and following that by here's the road and ridge which means we must be here we finally made our way back to uh, to where we started and we found out the following day that our goodlands Atlantic compass that somebody brought but had never used before was off by 28 degrees so because the compass itself was all jacked up, there's no way that we could have, could have found that point um, you know, by, by using that compass. So you need to have your equipment. You need to make sure your equipment works. Um, tell us about the, uh, the compass check. Compass check station. Okay. Uh, when, when you go to a military land nav course, there's always a wooden, no nails, no metal, uh, set off to the side, uh, usually a plank that has other boards glued to it in a fixed position and they're on different angles and there will be numbers written to it and those are the azimuth that if you put your compass on there it should show that azimuth and usually there are two of them set up uh, or three that you can check and see yep my compass is correct I, I can check it versus this and I can know that I have the, the right azimuth uh, that's important 28 degrees that's a that's a big yeah, and you know, and I, I couldn't even cheat and use the stars because it, it was cloudy. Yeah. So you know, but we were so confident. Oh, we've got this good compass. Mm-hmm. This is going to work. Yeah, not so much. And you know, I'm sitting here holding in my hand a classic. I mean, this thing has been beaten up. I've taken this this Linzetta compass on uh, on many trips. It is retired now. This this thing is a wall hanger. This is a decoration. Because the bezel doesn't turn, gotcha. because it has so much dust in it, because the tritium is worn out. Um, this is now a display piece. Uh, it's a souvenir. And I'll spend another $80 so I have two compasses, because one is none, two is one. Um, especially things that you're going to be depending and others are going to depend on you uh, to have. You know, when I was talking with you about two years ago about lodestone and uh-huh. you were trying to come up with the name and and we were going back and forth and you 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 hit me up and you're like lodestone it was one of those like uh, lightning bolt moments like yes what is a lodestone it was the first compass yeah it leads the way yeah um it is it is a a guide that naturally occurring magnetic rock yes yeah and uh i love that I love that that is the name of the company. And that's, so yes, we've been talking all day today about land navigation and different tools and, you know, and maps and, and examples of when we've used these tools or not, and then other times we've, you know, used the tools with thinking it through to find our path, to find our way. And that's really what, uh, what we built this company or building this company to be is to help you and to give you those tools in life to find your way, whether that means being able to better prepare yourself to to defend yourself, to defend your family, to uh, 
get from point A to point B with this land nav or like with our med training to, to save a life. But most importantly, these are all types. These are all themes for you for that, uh, that spiritual journey or that, that journey in life, helping to give you those, those tools to figure out who, who am I? What do I want to be? Where do I want to go? How do I want to, uh, you know, better myself and better mankind and all these things, you know, the, the compass, that's that's a real tool, but also it's it's a type of of, of you and that internal compass and finding your way and finding Where am your I path. Heading? What am I doing? Exactly, yeah. and that's all of us. You know, all of us as brothers and sisters of of the human family. That that's really what we're all here. We're we're all trying to find our way and find those the guide, find those those points to to get us to where we need to be. And help everyone else along the way. Absolutely. You know, we're here for, for everyone. Um, I just really, really like that. I think that that's very awesome. Yeah. Um, so, because we are a training company and uh, we do offer land navigation, I get this question often. What's the difference between the lowland and the highland uh, navigation? And before I go into it, I had a student last night at the class, uh, when someone else asked me, he jumped up and he was like, I've done both. And it's apples and oranges. Yes, they're both fruit, but they are different. It, it, they both are navigation. You're going to come and you're going to learn uh, different skills of navigation. The Lowlands is more of a traditional orienteering class where you're going to uh, find a points on a map, find your azimuth, and you're going to walk those points. You're going to cover some distances. Um, it's going to be a lot of straight line type navigation. The Highlands, you can do that, but you're going to be really sad if you do. Uh, so you've got to use the terrain. And in the Highlands, we're going to take you... Uh, the area is actually pretty small. Yeah. It, it is only about roughly uh, 1,500 uh, square meters. I mean, it's not, it's just barely bigger than a grid square, you know. Um, but the terrain is pretty intense there. So we teach you how to take information off of a topo map and put it onto a different map, whether it's a map that you've drawn whether it's a map that uh, you have from um, REI or something like that, and how to translate those two. This comes off of an experience that I had when I was in Albania uh, where we had tourist maps, and we had to draw on our own grid lines uh, to, to make them navigable. Um, so in the Highlands, you get a little bit of more uh, train association because you absolutely have to. It is more about route planning so that you're selecting the way you're moving. Where in the lowlands, train association 100% is still important. Um, but your route selection is not going to punish you as bad if you choose a poor route. If you go straight line, you're going to make it. You might get wet, uh, but you're not going to be miserably exhausted. Uh, but you'll use backstops in both. You will use attack points in both. Um, and it, man, it's just a good time. Yeah, it is. Um, 
The Highlands is in, in two weeks. Yes. And the way we have it set up, you can do two days, one night, or you can do uh, one day. And then the Lowlands is going to be in the fall. And as we talked about earlier in here, we are always trying to improve things. We are still working on a Land Nav 2. And I've been saying Land Nav 2 for about a year now. But Jared and I are not going to put a product out that's half done. Yeah. And we're not going to put something out that you guys are not going to benefit from. So if you're like, well, where's Land Nav 2? I've done, you know, Highlands and Lowlands. It's not ready yet. Yeah. And when it's ready, it's going to be awesome because we don't want to give you garbage. We're not rushing to get content out. It, we want you to get the good viable training out of it. So I, I just, I love the fact that people want to learn these things. It, it thrills me. I, I do this stuff. Like I said, I was up yesterday with my dog running points on my own because I like it because you got to keep this stuff polished. Um, I took your boys out the other day and we were running lanes together because you gotta, you gotta practice this stuff. I've been doing it for, since I was 13 years old, 30 years now I've been doing this and I'm going to do that as long as I can walk in the woods. One of the things that I, I really enjoy about it, it's the satisfaction of there's a problem. I got to mentally figure out the problem and then I also have to physically figure out the problem and it's, it's rewarding when I, um, when I was doing the star course, and I know it, it changes. And for those of you who don't know, star course is, is one of the parts of the SF selection. Um, and when I went through, it was a uh, go, no go. You did it or you didn't. And um, it's, you know, three, when I went through, it was three days long. But if you got all your points the first day, you didn't have to do it the next two days. So it was the first day. I got all but my last point, And I know the time hack is getting close. And I went to, uh, you know, to, to that last uh, – backstop so i'm there boom okay i know i can't go any further than this my point has to be close and i started to panic oh i only have like 15 minutes i I gotta find this i gotta find it and then i just realized okay stop you can think your way through this 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 problem so i took a deep breath like okay what can i do and i started looking around and i did a 360 degree scan and i saw some mre trash in one direction (laughs) i'm like well if there's mre trash that somebody left I wonder if the point's over there. So I started walking, and it was almost like a trail of breadcrumbs. MRE trash. Oh, look, there's some more ahead of me. Oh, there's some more ahead of me. And about the third little pile of MRE trash, um, I found that I heard some voices talking. So I walked into these guys talking, and there was the last point. There was the point sitter, a couple guys who had already, you know, finished. I went in and got my, you know, my last point, and I was good to go. All because, you know, I figured my way you know that long movement there and then following a little bit of trash and then listening to my ears got me my last point and that's that's why i really enjoy this i'm using all my senses and i'm using my mind to figure out these problems and and get where i need to go have i ever told you my final point no on the star so find my first three you know it's i've still got plenty of time I, the point sitter gives me my grid to my last point. Uh-huh. And I go and I sit down and I plot it. And it's like 800 meters away. Now, I had had some really long legs prior to this. Like, uh-huh. really long legs. And I was thinking, well, you know, if I get like one of those another long legs, like 12K, I can make it. I got enough time. I can uh-huh. make it. But, man, it's going to be, I'm going to be cruising. Uh-huh. And I plot it. And I'm like, this can't be right. So I plot it again. I, I must be doing something wrong. I finally go over to the point center. I'm like, sir, um, 
can I get that point again? And he's like, well, what, what, what grid did I give you? And I give him the grid, and he's like, yeah, that, that's your grid. <laughs> and it's like 800 meters away. Uh-huh. And he sees this look of confusion on my face. And this is my first experience of the, the good old boy system. One of our mutual friends, he says, yeah, your buddy says hi. Go. And I remember I looked down at my map. And now I'm like, I've got to get out of here. I like, uh-huh. I, this guy's going to change his mind. Yeah. I look down at my map and I see that there are three draws between me and that point 800 meters away. And I got general heading and I just started running. I hit the first draw and I ran through it, got a compass check on the other side. Same direction. Boom, through that one. Second one. Boom, through that one. Third one. Boom, through that. Okay, get on the other side. Do a, a quick uh, resection, intersection. Yeah. To know exactly yeah. where I'm at. I'm like 100 meters away. Get where I'm, and I'm like walking toe heel type on, <laughs> on this azimuth. Walk right into my point. I'm the first one done. You know, the awesome. pointer's like, hey, yep, you're good to go. You found all four points. You're going to be in Andersonville tonight, buddy, you know. And uh, I'm just like, that, that really that really happened. And then so I go to church when I'm done, and I, I this individual, I was like, hey, uh, th- thanks for that. He's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if if this this point sitter, uh-huh. you know, was an old team member or something, and, and mentioned that. Oh yeah, hey, this Chris Johnson kid. He's one of he's one of mine, and uh-huh. that guy hooked me up. Or I don't know how it worked, but I got hooked up, and I felt guilty until it, we did uh, Beanock. We did the Star Course again. Yeah, and I had four really rough points, and I was like, okay, I've I've earned my star now. <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> hey, folks, thanks for getting out here and listening to there these podcasts. It, it's really awesome when we're in class and you guys come up and say, hey, this thing that you said, man, I've made this change. Th- that, it makes us want to be better. Like, we've got to get this good information out to you. Yeah. Um, I, we had that experience where you, hey, we're going the right direction. Uh, and I realized, yeah, we got to pass this stuff out. Share this stuff with your friends. Share this podcast with your friends. People need this knowledge. Yeah. And we really appreciate you all listening to us and, uh, and spending time with us. So un- until next time, take care. One does not simply walk into Mordor.